0: Welcome to the Dear Foodcast, the podcast for food lovers of all kinds, from eaters to drinkers, from bakers to makers. I'm Natalie Gould.
1: And I'm Alma Bauman, and today we're talking about something a little more serious, a little more introspective, a little more thought-provoking. We are going to discuss the roles of
0: food in our lives. Food plays many roles in our lives, from comfort to uh, social activity. Our goal today is to explore each of these roles a little more in depth to help understand the true place of food in our lives and how we can have a healthy relationship with it for a lifetime. Yeah, but first, let's kick it off with our designated snack. Natalie, what are you snacking uh, on? Um, well, I'm having this, um, this chicken, it's like a... Kind of like a chicken pie kind of thing. Um, Gustavo's aunts make it, and um, sometimes he brings it back with them from Costa Rica. But it's basically like a chicken pot pie, but in a rectangle, and then you cut it up into little squares. Ooh, that sounds really good, actually. Yeah, it's good. It has like chicken and some carrots and corn and I don't know. You can bake That's it. That's a good it's really kind good. of
1: snack. Hmm. Yeah.
0: What are you having, Alma? Well, I was having
1: uh, Stacy's Pita Chips. They have this garlic mm. parmesan.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, it was real good. But, like, I put a little aside when I got home, you know, saved it there. And then I just mm-hmm. said, whatever. And I ate it all. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have any left.
0: <laughs> Those are really good, though. That's They're so good. <laughs> it was wonderful.
1: They're extremely tasty. So let's jump right in. So let's talk a little bit, let's give a little background here. Let's talk about how we came up for the,
0: you came up with this idea
1: uh, for this topic, for this podcast.
0: Yeah, so Alma and I have um, both been paying a little more attention to our eating habits and uh, focusing a lot on, you know, what makes our bodies feel good and what food helps us um, when we you know when we work out what food helps us feel our best and um, which foods are going to be best for us and best for our activities and and so um, we kind of came up with this idea about talking a little more about this and so um something i've really been thinking about lately is using food the way it was intended for fuel for my body rather than just something that tastes good for five seconds so i feel like um i feel like when it comes to food there's so many options around us at all times that we tend to forget that food was really intended to fuel our bodies and to help us run and help us help us move and and you know benefit us but we i think we tend to abuse it sometimes in the in that kind of way yeah
1: yeah and and i mean because we are and oh i should say this disclaimer we're not nutritionists or doctors of any kind so please don't take this as medical advice but sometimes we think we are just i mean we think we are but these are just like (laughs) thoughts that we've had based on stuff we've read and and feelings we have as we're going through this process and learning about ourselves but yeah you're right that I mean, before restaurants and eating for pleasure, food was meant to help us survive the end. Yeah. You know, you spent your yeah. entire day looking for food because otherwise you would die. And it, that takes up a lot of energy, so you need a lot of food. Mm-hmm. So that's essentially all you were doing as a caveman. You know, that's yeah. and that's what animals do all all the time. Is
0: Sometimes I feel like that's all I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... <laughs> Hunt
1: for food, <laughs> <Hunt> for food. <laughs> I can just imagine you out in, in the yard, like yeah. outside your office, like foraging searching for
0: berries, <laughs> foraging for snacks. Like, oh, there's a pigeon. Is this I where try they catch it? Is this is where the cake tree lives. Is this is where they keep it. <laughs>
1: Oh my God, I would kill for a cake
0: tree. I would nurture that thing. I would
1: nurture the hell out of
0: it. (laughs) I'd be the best gardener around.
1: Oh, but one of the things that we discovered was, like, as we were talking about this, is how how little, at least for me, how little I really knew about what a balanced diet looked like. So, you know, yeah. they teach us, they, we read all the weight loss articles and blah, blah, blah. They're like, oh, eat all, eat protein, eat this and that. But really, what does it look like? What are the numbers? How much does a pound of chicken really look like? And what does it take exactly. in these modern times to, you know, cook one pound of chicken find one pound of chicken or whatever it is Mm -hmm. that you need um it was a process it still
0: is not to mention that the food pyramid or the recommended you know daily things have changed so much over the years they used to be like i mean back in like the 80s and the 90s it was all about low fat, low fat, low fat, low fat. And so we cut fat out of our diets and started eating everything non fat. And that was the thing. And now research shows us that, oh, fat actually wasn't the problem. It was the type of fat. Well, I mean, there's different kinds of fats, but it wasn't fat inherently. It was. You know, and then it went to carbs. Okay, carbs are the thing. That's the thing. It's the devil. Carbs, 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 carbs. (laughs) Then it went to gluten. Oh, gluten is the issue. Oh, God. Gluten's the problem. (laughs) Yeah. And and I didn't realize
1: how, like, I knew on some level that this was all just marketing. Like, there is a, Uh there's a food du jour that's the enemy, you know, because they have to sell food somehow. Um, Mm -hmm. And they have to promote one over the other. But I didn't realize how much of it I actually, not believed, but, you know, how much I didn't know about it. Does Mm -hmm. does that make sense? So, like, yeah, Yeah. I know I don't have a gluten allergy, so I know I don't have to avoid gluten. But, like, what does gluten do to my body? What foods Mm -hmm. have gluten in it naturally? What is it, how is it processed? How is it broken down? You know, how... What is what do the different types of fat look like in how do they manifest themselves in our food? You know, yeah. Uh, it's
0: so it was it was really eye opening. And for instance, one of them that really makes me crazy is I don't know. I think last year or a couple years ago, high fructose tor- corn syrup was oh, the big the big yes. enemy. But so okay, all of a sudden, all these things are are don't have high fructose corn syrup. But guess what? They have a ton more sugar in it. So, yeah, it's not like they're making the food healthier. They're just marketing it differently and swapping out one bad ingredient for another. Right, right. Like, ugh, don't get me started on diet soda.
1: I know some people <laughs> I cannot handle diet soda. <laughs> some people love their diet soda, but like, really, yeah, it has no sugar in it. But mm-hmm. what is aspartame? And, you know,. You're just swapping out yeah. something bad for something less bad. Now, sugar's not bad per se. It's just the mm-hmm. amounts of sugar that we have is bad. Like yeah. you don't need to have eight tablespoons of sugar in your drink.
0: <laughs> eight, that's low. Talk about I don't know, like twenty five tablespoons <laughs> of sugar. I mean it's it's it is crazy. And it's and that's the thing too, is that Just because something on the label looks okay, that doesn't necessarily mean it is. I mean, there's just so many chemicals and ways to make foods appear to be quote unquote healthy, but that doesn't mean that they are. You know, a diet pop has nothing, I mean, it has no calories, no sugar no fat, it looks great on the outside, but I tell you what, when I drink one of those diet pops, I feel like crap. Yeah. Like, it just, it messes with my insides.
1: It's awful. Like, I can, I can so, feel my, uh, the lining of my stomach corroding. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, if I really feel like I need a pop, then I'll just get it. I mean, I'll just get, like, a Dr. Pepper yeah. or... A Coke. And that's just, I mean, that's so rare for me because I usually don't crave that kind of thing. But, like, if I go to In-N-Out, you're not going to go to In-N-Out and not get a Coke. (laughs) Right. That's... that's blasphemous (laughs)
1: blasphemous
0: <laughs> you're like, not gonna yeah. go to mcdonald's and get fries and not get a pop <laughs> it's just it doesn't it's not complete without it you yeah. either have
1: to get a coke or a shake like one of the two there's no yeah, you other must option have them. if you're not gonna and include I, that don't go to in n out sorry
0: no that's the don't like just skip it <laughs> <laughs> i was talking to and i think too. that's what i've learned a lot about this is that foods aren't I don't think there's foods that are inherently good or bad. It's not like this is good, this is bad because right. if I have too much, like if I just off all I do is eat fruit all day long, I'm going to get sick and it's not going to be good for my body cuz that just has so much sugar in it. Right. And the same goes for any other healthy snack, hummus. I mean, the things that we consider healthy and good foods, you can't just eat, 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 eat them because that's me be bad. And the same thing with the quote unquote bad foods, because just because you have it one time in a blue moon doesn't make it, you know, doesn't ruin your, ruin you. Exactly.
1: I mean, these foods are these foods are still out there for a reason. Like it's, I guess what I'm trying to say, i just trying to agree with your point, is that the. If there was bad food out there, it wouldn't be out there. You know what I mean? We wouldn't be eating it. Yeah. I don't know if that accurately conveys what I'm trying to say, but, like, yeah. Yeah. Like you said, okay, I had a slice of pizza. Whatever. I'm not going to die.
0: Yeah. You know? (laughs) Like, just because I had a slice of pizza doesn't mean that all my hard work is gone to shame. You know? And and that's kind of, like, maybe a
1: kind of interesting segue into something else we were talking about is how it's so easy once you kind of start doing what we're doing and really being mindful and paying attention and, and working out and dieting is it's so hard not to get kind of obsessed with this um, yes. and see foods as, as good or bad um, mm-hmm. or, you know, forget that, not, that having a slice of pizza won't kill you. It's so mm-hmm. hard not to fall into that trap. It
0: is because it makes you want to beat yourself up. Over, let's see, um, maybe it was last night, no, I don't know, Some one of these days, I decided I was going to eat something that was, like, not, quote, unquote, on my diet, or, you know, whatever, like, right. it wasn't boiled chicken, I don't know, whatever, <laughs> and so, but I, like, had this major struggle in it, with it, in my mind, like, oh, if I eat this, then it's just like everything you've been doing for the last three weeks is just going like a complete shame. And, you know, it's just unraveling everything you've done and it just makes you beat yourself up. And I like, I just, it's so hard not to just put those thoughts out of your mind and think like, you know what? Not 80 or 90% of the time I eat well and I take you know, I take care of myself and every now and then I'm entitled to a little enjoyment with my food.
1: Absolutely. I had the same I had the same experience last night. Went out to a restaurant and I was trying to decide what I wanted to what I wanted to order. And out of like shame for not being within my, you know, number of carbs, proteins and fats uh-huh. for the day and calories and whatnot, I ordered a Mediterranean salad and a, like a glass of wine. And I just, I felt bad for wanting to have some of the meatballs that we ordered as, a ma- as an appetizer. Like, it's, oh, uh-huh. you know, there's bread there. I can't have the bread. Bread, bread has yeah. carbs. <gasps> you know, <laughs> <laughs> it was so, and it, <laughs> it was ridiculous. It was really yes. ridiculous. I wanted, like, I wanted something else. I wanted, like, a sandwich that sounded really good. Yeah. I don't remember what it was. And it really wouldn't have done any damage Right. But I went with the weak ass Mediterranean salad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Talk about and a regret in that... life. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and that's the thing I want to be really careful about when I'm kind of trying to make a good lifestyle out of out of um, the way I eat is to not beat myself up if. I go out to dinner, and I actually enjoy myself. Right. Right. Exactly. It's like you're – yeah, you have to be disciplined. I don't want to –
1: yeah. Right. Exactly. It's an experience. You have to be disciplined, but you also have to remember that, like, you're you're a human being, and you have to enjoy yourself. And we do get Mm -hmm. a lot of pleasure out of food. Like, in fact – the next topic that we want to talk about food as comfort and as therapy like food makes me Mm -hmm. feel really good yeah me feel
0: better I don't know
1: how else to describe it It makes me feel better
0: it does last night I did not feel good I got off work and I was supposed to go to the gym after uh, after work but I you know you gotta listen to your body and something was just not right like with me I felt lightheaded I just wasn't it wouldn't have been a good choice for me so I came home and I just felt like I really needed I really needed some comfort food to help me feel better because I just felt crappy and I don't know if it was because I didn't eat enough carbs during the day or you know what it was, but I was real lightheaded and I just I, I did not feel good. Yeah. So I had a little piece I had a little um, bit of frozen lasagna in the freezer. And so I just had like a little piece of this frozen lasagna that I had made. And it really, I mean, it really helped because it was comforting. It, you know, I don't know. It had the nutrients in it that I needed. It, sure, I probably went over my calorie count for the day, but it made me feel better.
1: <laughs> so I was standing in the kitchen the other day. And I was just, we've all done this. We stand at the counter. You open the tub of ice cream. And you stand there with a spoon and you just eat it right out of the tub. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know, this was one of those days, kind of like you were saying, where I just was feeling down. There was no reason, I just felt down. I didn't feel any, you know, I wasn't hungry in particular. I didn't feel like doing anything except standing in the kitchen Mm -hmm. and eating that ice cream right out of the tub. And as (laughs) (laughs) I'm eating it, no joke, I can feel myself, my mood lifting. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so ridiculous. I'm trying to explain it to my living boyfriend, and he's like, you're, you're nuts. I don't understand this.
0: I'm like, you know what? I don't either, but it works. You know, sometimes you just have those days. You just nothing else will do and i would rather have a little bit of indulgence rather than sit around and think about it all night and be pissed at myself and then just be pissed when i go to bed because what happens is if i get some, if i get an idea in my mind like oh man i really want that and i just i stew on it and i stew on it and i stew on it and i cuz a lot of times a craving like i'll have a craving but it'll come and go yeah but sometimes it'll be something where I think about it and I think about it. And then that's all I can think about. And I'm just like yeah. slapping my hand being like, no, you can't have that. You can't have that. You can't have that. But then I, I get cranky and I go to bed cranky <laughs> and I wake up cranky and I think, you know what? This really wasn't worth it. I should have just had the <laughs> spoon of ice cream. <laughs> it wasn't Worth it.
1: It's so, there's so much to mentally endure. If anyone out there is a psychologist or has yeah. studied the mental relationship with eating, please email <laughs> us. Reach out to us because we need to know. This is fantastic. Like, there's a reason why they call it eating your feelings because it, it, yes. it works.
0: <laughs> but sometimes, I mean, everyone's different, though, because, for instance, in situations of high stress – or, or I don't know, anxiety or extreme sadness. I've never been the kind of person who just wants to eat all the time. If I'm extremely stressed or if I'm extremely sad, I lose my appetite. But some people, you know, if their boyfriend breaks up with them, they wanna eat a whole tub of ice cream. Oh my God. Never, I've never been that way. Really? I am 100% no.
1: that person. I'm the complete opposite of you.
0: Where I get
1: stressed out I want chocolate. When I get upset, like extremely upset, like I like I said, standing in the kitchen mm-hmm. <laughs> eating, devouring whatever it is. Um, yeah. even when I get sick, too. I know some people when they get sick, the same way, they just completely lose their appetite. Like no, oh, when I, I can't get sick, wait I want to eat. Yeah, that's the way I am. I ugh, nothing makes me like cringe more when I have that friend who's like, "I can't, I'm just one flu away from my goal weight."
0: You know? Yes. <laughs> Oh, really?
1: Because getting sick is like,
0: that means I'm going to yeah. be
1: five pounds heavier when I get better. Exactly.
0: <laughs> and there's, but it, for some reason when you're sick, it feels like it doesn't count. Like,
1: honestly, this you doesn't... feel like such <laughs> crap. You're just like, oh, there's nothing I want to do, even if it's not good for me. Like my favorite sick mm-hmm. food when I have a cold is the, is the ramen noodles in a cup. Mm hmm. Yeah. Oh, just give me like six of those. I <laughs> only eat one, but I could eat them all
0: day. It just makes me um, feel this better. This is really disgusting, but when I'm sick, and it's funny when we, that we have these like certain foods that we only want when we're sick. Yeah. Um, when I'm sick, the first thing I want to eat is a bagel with cream cheese. Really? <laughs> yes. And when I'm sick, <laughs> that's like the first thing I want. And then, without failure, when I'm sick... I like I crave McDonald's. <laughs> I think it's because there was this one time I remember being a kid and I was really sick, and my mom took me to the doctor, mm-hmm. and I was so sick that I didn't want to eat, and the only thing I would eat was McDonald's chicken nuggets, oh my God. and we didn't really go to McDonald's like that much. Well, <laughs> we'll come back. Let's, let's swing back to that. Um, but, but when we were sick, my mom would, you know, let us eat. She's not going to tell us, no, we can't have McDonald's if that's right. the only thing we want to eat. So I think it's, I think it goes back to just being that moment as a kid when I was sick and that was like the comforting food for me. So now when I'm sick, I'll be like, uh, I really could go for some McDonald's, which <laughs> absolutely does not nourish my body and help my body heal. You know, when you're sick, they always there's all these articles like, when you're sick, you need to eat all these leafy greens and you need to eat all this fresh Ugh. food and fruits and vegetables. And that is literally the last thing I want to eat when oh. I'm sick.
1: <laughs> it is at the end of the list of things that I want to eat
0: when yeah, I'm sick. I want my bagel with cream cheese, yes. ramen noodles, Ramen noodles and my chicken McDonald's. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh, that's so so funny. That makes total sense
0: to me, though. It is. It Uh, does. Yeah. And then there's certain foods that I want to eat when I'm, like, there's only been a couple instances of this where I've been completely mentally exhausted from work. Usually this happens around, like, on a Thursday night, where it's been the longest week of my life. Mm -hmm. I cannot imagine having to do anything except for walk in the door and get into bed. But I am hungry. So there's been a few times where I have just sat in bed and ordered a delivery pizza and eaten it in bed. Not the whole thing, but been in bed and eaten it because that is comforting to me. And it's the only thing that will make me feel better in that moment. I wouldn't even judge you if you ate the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to put it out there. Not the whole thing.
1: (laughs) I'm trying to think of a time where I've eaten something that's just been like, just like an obscene amount of food. I'm thinking of, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm thinking of this one uh, article, I think it was on Thought Catalog, where it was like people that they had collected all these things from a Reddit thread, where it was like the most, obs- like the, people admit the most disgusting overindulgences of their lives. And mm-hmm. the one I'm thinking about is where this one person said that they baked an entire chocolate cake, had a slice, had another slice, ended up eating the entire cake, was so embarrassed that they did that. That's my they dream. baked another one. And then had another
0: slice. <laughs> you know what? That reminds me of the Sex and the City episode where Miranda, she bakes a cake. Like she, she breaks up with Steve or something, and she goes down to the bakery, and she wants to buy a cake, and the cake is $70. She's like, I'm not going to pay $70 United States dollars. So she goes <laughs> home and bakes a cake from a mix. So she bakes it, and it's sitting on her counter, and she has a piece of it. And then leaves the room, and then comes back, has another piece, and then leaves the room, and then comes back, and she's gotten, like, halfway through the cake. Finally, she's so sick of it that she throws it in the trash. A couple minutes later, she comes back, kind of, like, picks it out of the trash. Yeah! (laughs) Because it's sitting on top, and that... (laughs) She's like, I could still...
1: I could still eat that. I could still All eat the, that. and I,
0: yes, <laughs> Alma and I, every time when we lived in Kansas, we would go to the grocery store and we would always have this, I don't know, <laughs> fantasy about <laughs> buying one of the cakes that's in the discount section, like the bakery cakes, oh, and then yeah. just eating the whole Think. <laughs> we sort
1: of actually played that fantasy out when I was visiting you in Dallas a couple weekends ago. It was yeah.
0: The morning of
1: it, was the morning, it was like the weekend of Valentine's Day. It was like Monday morning. And we just uh-huh, sat there, uh-huh. turned The Bachelor on, and we yes. ate this chocolate cake straight out of the <laughs> package that it came
0: in. <laughs> hey, we worked on that for a few days. Dude, we... We did pretty well.
1: We did a lot of work on yeah. that.
0: <laughs> and I would like to say that after you left, there was still cake left in the pan, but I threw it out and I did not eat it.
1: Good for you, but I'm also heartbroken because that cake was delicious. <laughs> that cake was delicious.
0: <laughs> you know, I've never been someone who, I, I can't force myself to eat past the point of being full. I just really? can't do it. That's no, my problem. No, I can't. Really? Yeah, I totally it have I that get problem. uncomfortable.
1: I mean, shh, lucky you, cause uh. that's, been, <laughs> that's been that's been one of my greatest challenges on this trying to be uh, on this. Um, I don't want to call it a diet, but this, you know,
0: lifestyle lifestyle change, lifestyle change.
1: <laughs> sounds like menopause.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is portion control? Yeah. When I was
1: a kid, I don't know why I developed this habit of just. For some reason the first time I had like refined sugar, I just was hooked and I would sneak it all the time and I would have candy <laughs> in my room and I would just eat it. I'm really surprised I don't have diabetes. Honestly, <gasps> like I eat so much candy you would sneak and sugar candy. <laughs> I, was I definitely used to eat just straight child. up
0: sugar cubes. I used to just eat the Shh, sugar cube. Dude, that's that's hardcore.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not like hiding warheads in your room but what? still <laughs> and I was so dumb about it too because remember how they came in like the one package and then they were individually wrapped mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. just eat them you know as t- as the day would go on like like it was normal and I'd throw mm-hmm. them in the trash thinking that because I was hiding them in the room my mom wouldn't know
0: yeah, yeah but sure. I'm a
1: kid and she freaking empties my trash so of course she's gonna see the million wrappers <laughs> <laughs>
0: Blame it on Yashar. (laughs) It was the little brother's fault. (laughs) He did it. Yeah. You know, I I don't know why. I feel like, but here's how it is with me. I don't really, like, I don't eat a large amount of food. Like, if you put a whole pizza in front of me, I know that I'm not going to eat it. I I don't know if that's called self-control or if it's just called I get bored with it after a couple pieces of it and I'm done Mm. with it. But every time I eat, it feels like the first time I've ever eaten ever. (laughs) (laughs) Because I eat so fast. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Like, when someone puts food down in front of me, I treat it like I have never had a (laughs) meal in my life. But... (laughs) I don't always eat the whole thing for, you know, If like I said, when they put a pizza down in front of me, I'm not going to eat that whole thing. Wow. There's just no way. I'll get full.
1: Like, I think I'm, I start to get full around four slices. And like, really? I'm, good, I'm
0: good for two. I'm good who for needs,
1: two. Right. Who needs four slices of pizza? Not me. Well, it tastes so good. It does taste so good. And you know what? That's one thing I do kind of notice about why I think I tend to overeat is that, these, especially with these delicious foods, there's this, like, taste that I want. For lack of a better word, there's this mouthfeel yeah. that I really yeah, like yeah, yeah. and I enjoy. Like, there have been times where I'm, like, still eating ice cream. I'm like, I don't think I want any more. But what I want is that, like, taste in my mouth. Uh-huh. And, unfortunately, that results in more eating.
0: <laughs> so well, and portion control is really hard, too. Because by portion control standards, we all overeat. Totally. Because you don't realize it. I mean, you just don't realize it. Four ounces of chicken or six ounces of chicken is not that much chicken. Right. It's right. so easy to just eat to overeat. And you don't even know that you're doing because it, it doesn't feel like you're overeating. Right. Exactly. And
1: because I think it, it's so skewed when we go out to a restaurant... In restaurants like Claim Jumper and the other ones who are known oh my for their gosh, enormous claim portions, jumper. Cheesecake Factory. Che- oh, cheesecake Factory. Like, in reality, I would be so happy to have a fourth of a slice of cheesecake from Cheesecake yeah. Factory, half a burger that they bring you. I think yes, n- in regular existence, that's probably fine. But uh huh, isn't there wasn't there some study done that determined that like we're kind of programmed to try to clean our plates, and that's why we overeat.
0: Am I making that up? I think it's – no, I think it's because um, our bodies – I don't know if it's because they haven't evolved past this or what, but our bodies have this, like, survival instinct that we feel like we need to eat all the food because we don't know where our next meal is coming from, even though we do know where our – you know? Right. Like, we Like, we can pretty much be assured that we're going to be able to eat – Whatever we want to eat. But our bodies, because of our you know our, our ancestors and all that, feel like they need to eat all the things because they don't know how, how they're going to get their next meal. And that's that probably why sense. I scarf my food down. Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, because you can't eat... Are you one of those people who can't eat when they're um, not hungry?
0: Um... I don't, yeah, I mean, if I'm not hungry, then I have no interest in eating, but sometimes my mind will make me think I'm hungry when I'm really not, and I just want, like, a little snack. Like, today I was sitting at my desk, and I had a big lunch, but, like, a few hours after that, I started to, like, get a little, I don't know if it was just boredom, or I was working on the same thing for several hours, and I felt like, I need this little snack, so, in my desk, I have this little bag of those little, um, from Trader Joe's, I those little, like, corn puff things. Uh-huh. They're, like, those, like, Pirate's Booty. And I just have, like, if I just have, like, four of those, that's fine. Or, like, five of those. And it just is, like, something to do. Like, I don't I don't know. But, no, I can't have a meal when I'm not hungry.
1: Interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah. It Are just, you- it hurts. It, like, hurts my body. Huh. It does not make me feel good. I can definitely
1: have more than just, like, a snack. Maybe not a full meal, but, yeah.
0: I like to just constantly be snacking a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Because eating's fun.
1: (laughs) It is fun, isn't it? Like, I've kind of, I've come Mm. to terms that my snacks now have to involve, like, nuts and yogurts Uh and cheeses. And now that I've kind of reached, like, come to peace with that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um... I look forward to having like a tablespoon of almonds. Yeah, you know, like just that yeah. that motion.
0: My, my twenty-one almonds yeah. that I counted out. <laughs> My sixteen almonds, grapes. Exactly how many calories? I know exactly how yes. much fat is in it. How much protein? Yes. Oh,
1: My God. favorite
0: snack right now is um, a cup of grapes, which is sixteen, and then <laughs> these little and then little cheese cubes. You can have six of them in one serving, nice. and um, you just eat your like your little grapes and your little cheese, and it feels fancy. I like that.
1: That sounds really good, actually. Yeah. That's excellent. Um,
0: so then kind of the next thing we wanted to talk about, and we, we touched on it a little bit here is that eating is such a huge part of our social lives. It's all we do when your coworkers want to go out. What do you do? You go to happy hour. When you want to go out with your boyfriend, what do you do? You go eat. I mean, Especially in cities like Dallas and Chicago, where there's so many restaurants, oh it God. is the activity.
1: Yeah, and, and there's, no, there's no activity that you can do, more or less, no activity that you can do that doesn't involve food or drink in some capacity. Like, yeah, yeah you, you want to go out dancing, but you're going to go, that implies you're going to have a drink.
0: Yeah, or bowling. If I yeah. go bowling, I'm going to have a hot dog.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, that goes without or question. Or fries, you know? Yeah.
0: You're just I, going to. You're going to. my
1: And my friend, like, um, actually just put up a Facebook status, and she was like, she's like, I really need to see some friends, but I don't want to go out eating or drinking. and, yeah, and what I do, do you do? So, right, I was
0: laughing so hard at first because I was like, that's not possible. No. <laughs> I can't think of any activity. I mean, well, even going to a movie. I want
1: popcorn. Yeah, exactly. Even if you're having friends over. I've been trying to have friends over more so that, you know, I'm not tempted when I go out to yeah, overindulge. Yeah. But even when your friends come over, you're usually, they're like, what can I bring? Yes. Wine. Like, there's going to be Crackers. Wine, something, snacks. Yeah. Carrots and hummus.
0: Even carrots and hummus can be too much. Because what are you going to do? Like, your friends are going to come over, and then what? (laughs) You
1: just sit and look at each other and talk to each other? No, you need the
0: activity. The activity (laughs) is the wine. Exactly. (laughs) Even game night. Like, we, sometimes our friends, our group of friends, we like to have a game night. But for game night, it's also, like, dinner. You know, you have, we have dinner, and so... Um, The first person who did it, she roasted like a chicken and we had appetizers and this and that. And then I hosted it and I made um, lasagna and garlic bread and salad. And then the next person hosted and she had like wings, you know, and it just it's become this thing where it's like game night, but it's also dinner. And, you know, of course, we have wine and we have. Yeah. All the things, and and then all of a sudden it turns into a drinking game, and they're shot. <laughs> you know, just like it spirals out of control. Who wants to play games without alcohol?
1: Nobody, unless unless you're you know a child.
0: Yeah, I <laughs> I am I am having a really hard time thinking of an activity that does not involve eating or drinking, and I can't.
1: Yeah. Seriously, send us your suggestions. Cause if you have ideas, I really want to know. And I'm not thinking. And I don't want to include activities um, that you know, like we talked about bowling and movies, where food is the option. Like you're, yeah. uh, you know, I'm looking. I'm thinking. I want to hear something a legit activity that you go do with people that's social that does not involve eating or drinking in any way, shape, or form. Maybe
0: I- like, um, um, oh, what about um, um, disc golf? But even then, don't people who disc golf drink beer? Like, they bring all the Budweiser's? (laughs) Yeah. Golf? Like, if you play a round of golf, you're on the golf course. But then you usually have lunch afterwards. You go
1: to the club afterward.
0: Even shopping. When I go shopping, I usually plan it around a meal time because I'm going to... If I'm at a department store, I probably want to have lunch in the department store. Or I want to have lunch... I don't... I mean, just... Or you're just, that's when
1: you're out. That's the other thing, is that, like, yeah. that's when you're out is eating time. We have to eat so frequently. <laughs> you know, whether you're doing think of just, any like.
0: activities.
1: I can't think of any. Please submit them to us at dearfood.net. It's dear impossible. Food. Um, There's so, none. It's impossible. Yeah. And speaking of impossible social activities to do without eating, dating.
0: Oh, my gosh. I know. I mean, how would you go on a date without eating or drinking? Especially drinking.
1: Right. <laughs> you have to calm your nerves. And drinking, drinking is such a social activity. I mean, it's eating is yes. too, but d- drinking is really heavily linked to social activity. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Especially in our, I mean, my parents, my parents don't drink. And I think that they feel like they have missed out on a lot of social activities in their adulthood because of that, because all their friends drink and all of our family drinks, and they're kind of always like the odd ones out who don't. And then sometimes when you're around people who don't drink, it makes the other people feel uncomfortable. Like, oh, should I not drink too? Because yeah. you don't drink. Um, even though they don't, have, they don't have an issue with it, they just, they don't do it because they don't like how they feel when they drink. So right. It's not because they think it's bad or whatever, but yeah, it is, I mean, it is such a social activity. When you go to family reunions, for instance, or even just Christmas, and you're around all these people all the time, you got to take the edge off a little bit.
1: (laughs) You got to relax just a tad.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Or when you go, I mean, I, most people don't believe me when I say this, but I really, truly am an introvert, and so when I'm in group activities or a, you know, a group of coworkers are going to go somewhere and meet somewhere. It just, it helps me feel a little more comfortable if I am sipping on something. Yeah. It just helps me, you know, helps take that edge off. Absolutely.
1: Do you think it's also, I'm just trying to mull this over in my head, is that it's the, the action of doing something. Yeah. Also. Yeah. See,
0: Otherwise, what do you do with your hands?
1: You just sit there, twiddle your thumbs. Weird.
0: That's weird. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, I think people who choose not to drink as well for whatever reason also feel some kind of weird social pressure. Because I remember I was uh-huh. with uh, I was with a coworker who's just decided, you know, kind of similar to your parents, she just decided she doesn't want to drink anymore
0: mm-hmm. for the
1: rest of her life. <laughs> and we were yeah. having dinner, and since it was a work thing. I, you know my mind automatically just went to well I probably won't have a drink because most most companies don't spring for that uncool Mm -hmm. companies Um, but she turned to me and she goes if you want to have a drink you totally can like she thought I wasn't drinking because she wasn't drinking and that made me uncomfortable and that made her Uh uncomfortable enough to say something and I was like oh wow I wasn't even thinking about that I just were yeah co I just decided we're on a work thing I decided not to <laughs> uh, but she still felt like she was holding me back from that that it was a totally yeah. normal thing to have a glass of wine with dinner
0: um, it's very strange you know what my mom has done my what my mom does is she she really likes um just plain old soda water and so she'll order a soda water with a lime slice because i mean she enjoys that and that gives her something to hold you know something to so you're not just sitting there like a nerd (laughs) drinking a glass of water yeah and um so when we go to happy hour you know when you a lot of places when you go to happy hour it's required for you to buy a drink so that you can get the food per like the cheap food right so when we go out, that she just, like, tells the, the bartender, you know, I don't drink alcohol, but I would love to order a club soda with a lime. Yeah. Because that's, like, what she enjoys. And so they always, you know, they always do it. And usually they don't smart. Even charge for it. But, you know, it's something – and I've done this too where my friends want to go out maybe to the, to a club or something and I just am not – or maybe, you know, maybe I'm designated driver or maybe I just don't feel like drinking. You can order a club soda with a lime and it makes it look like a gin and tonic. Nobody will know. Nobody will – you know, hassle you about it because if you're the friend who doesn't drink, sometimes your friends kind of give you grief about it. Oh my God! Yes. Like why, are you, why are you not be cool? Blah 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 blah, <laughs> and it's so dumb. It is
1: so dumb. <laughs> it is so dumb. It's just I don't under I, because I'm sure, even the person who's giving you grief about it, is not really doesn't have a problem if you don't have a drink. You know yeah. what I mean?
0: Like, logically yeah.
1: speaking, they could care less. But yeah. um, couldn't care less.
0: But, there you go.
1: <laughs> I need <you'd> to get it. <laughs> I, you know, I pay attention sometimes. But, again, for some reason, they want, they want you guys, they, you, they, you guys have to be doing the same thing. I can't be yeah. drinking if you're not drinking.
0: Exactly. Well, even club you can order soda with a lime, and no one will know. No yeah. one will know. That's a good secret. That's a good secret. And or- then you won't wake up feeling like crap the next day. <laughs> <laughs> and um, also, the the hardest part for me is the weekend, because during the week – I am I can be very disciplined because I'm on a schedule. Every single day, every single weekday is exactly the same for me. I get up at the same time, I have my breakfast, I get in the shower, I go to work, I pack my lunch. I've already decided on Sunday what I'm going to ha- what I'm going to have for the whole week right. for lunch. So, it's like pre-planned for me. I come, go to work, go to the gym, come home, have my protein shake, eat a little dinner, and I mean that's just every day of the week is the same. But then the weekend comes ah, around. The weekend. We so look all, forward to
1: it and yet not.
0: All I want on the weekend is all the pancakes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I just I just want to go out to eat. Yeah. Every single I mean Friday like Friday night the lat I, I don't want to I do on Fridays I go to the gym before work because I know after work I don't want to. Yeah. And um so Friday night comes around and I don't wanna I don't wanna eat my stupid like, healthy dinner? No, Mm-mm. I want to go out to dinner, want to enjoy myself, and then I want to wake up the next day on Saturday, and I want to go to brunch, oh, and then later yeah. in the day, I want to eat something else, and then that night, I want to, like, go out, and then on Sunday, I want to go to brunch. It's just the worst. <laughs> it's so hard.
1: And I mean, if you're just joining us, if you're first time listener to the Dear Foodcast, please be informed that brunching is our favorite activity. It's our favorite. Favorite activity. So, the negative side, maybe the most difficult part of this journey that we're on, is reeling in the brunch. And it's so. I don't want to. I don't want to either. So, I mean, (laughs) I reconciled it by choosing one day of the two to have brunch, which is But then, what do you do on the other day? What do you do
0: on the other day? Just sit around and. I don't know. Pick your nose? Exactly. I sit around and have boiled chicken <laughs> again.
1: Like No, not, I don't want that. No one wants that. No one wants that. Like, there's no other thing that you're supposed to do. So last weekend, last weekend was so fun for me because we I got a group on, and I went to this uh, this restaurant called The Southern. Oh, it's so uh, good. Yeah, you can see my review of my experience on our blog at deerfood.net. And it was just such a fun day. Like we just we have the best Bloody Marys. Ugh, we just ate, we drank, we kept drinking, and <laughs> we just kind of kept it going for the whole day. It was really fun. And if I was on a, you know, if I was trying to stick to salads and, and proteins, never would have had that. Yeah, it would have been distinctly unfun.
0: So are you, in the end, were you glad that you made that choice? I was so happy. Like, yeah, I still felt a little bad
1: because I was like, I I spent an entire day (laughs) doing the complete opposite of everything that we've been trying to do and accomplish. But I had such a great time. It was so worth it.
0: Yeah, I mean, those are the kinds of things I want to do. And I want to do them all weekend long.
1: (laughs) All weekend long.
0: I don't like to eat healthy on the weekend. It's not fun. I feel like I have to eat healthy all week, and then when the weekend comes, I don't want to. It's a whole – I mean, you have to let loose. You don't go to
1: work on the weekends, so why would you work on your food on the weekends?
0: Yeah, and usually the weekends are are my rest days from my workouts, and I feel like on the days I don't work out means that those are the days of my – that I don't have to eat good either. <laughs> and that's I just an issue thinking about
1: it that way because I'm I'm like, well, as long as I get a workout in, I can I can eat some eat some bad food.
0: Oh, really? I think about it totally opposite. <laughs> on the days I work out, I feel more motivated to eat healthier, and then on the days that I don't work out, I feel like, oh, it's a free day. I don't have to do anything. <laughs> yeah it's really hard yeah it's a it's a major problem so that's been that's also been difficult and um but i, don't, I guess we just gotta keep working on it yeah. i don't know the answer to that one it's a balance i guess
1: um but moving on to our next topic is uh food as a legacy
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and families that
1: cook and, and this, one's a
0: little, this one's a little meta, you could say. Super meta.
1: It's kind of yeah. one of those discussions where you're like, you try your entire life not to become your mom, and then all of a sudden you yes. you've become your mom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but food plays such a role in your family history, I think, especially for um, – people who maybe grew up in a household where there was some ethnicity. Um, I grew up in a German household where um, I'm not very many generations removed from Germany. And there's still very strong German heritage in our family. And so we ate a lot of German food. And so because of that, those foods have come to be sort of my comfort foods because that's what I remember growing up, you know, eating those as a kid. So some people think sauerkraut's disgusting, and I think sauerkraut is incredibly comforting.
1: (laughs) Sauerkraut is delicious. They're wrong. (laughs) Yeah, and I, same for me. I grew up in a Persian household. My parents, my parents actually emigrated to the United States. So I'm first generation, and so we just ate Persian food growing up. And it was wonderful. And my parents, obviously, like, they became, they were hardworking Americans, too, so we, they incorporated a lot of American food traditions into our meals as well, but just the fact that we would sit and have a meal together, my mom would cook dinner, um, and we would sit and eat every night, I think played a huge impact on how,
0: how I look at food now as an adult on my own. Oh, Definitely. And my mom made dinner for our family every single night, like a from-scratch dinner every single night. And as a kid, I thought that was just what moms did. I mean, I just thought that was a normal activity, It was that your mom makes dinner every night. But then, as I got older, I found out that, yeah, moms usually put food on the table for their families, but they don't necessarily take three hours of their afternoon to prepare it. There's A lot of families where dinner was like a you know frozen lasagna that you put in the oven or something that you pick up from kfc or you know it whatever it is and i didn't i just took it i took it for granted growing up that my mom would spend all this time making dinner for our family every single night i mean she and she still does it to this day my brother and i don't even live in the house and every single night she cooks dinner for my dad (laughs) <laughs> that's so nice yeah. it's just it it's it blows my mind and she, i mean i feel like i get to congratulate myself if i cook dinner twice a week <laughs> oh my god i know honestly
1: but it's so... there's i
0: mean but it's hard to make dinner like just a little i mean there was four of us in the house so when she made dinner we usually ate it all um right and i i'll eat leftovers for days at a time but it's hard to cook dinner it's really hard. It's really
1: time-consuming, and it takes a lot of, for lack of a better word, it takes a lot of love and effort. It does. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, you really have to love the, the, these people that you're feeding every night. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's so labor-intensive, and I know with German food and, and with Persian food in particular, some of that stuff takes the entire day Yeah. to make. You know, you have a lot of prep work.
0: Yeah. Um, I Not Dr- I mean German food pretty much is like real pretty easy, but Persian <laughs> food, so one time Alma's mom, Alma's mom came to Kansas and there sh- she would just cook all day. Yeah,
1: that's oh, my favorite thing about it. Uh, she I remember one time you asked her for you asked her for that eggplant recipe. Oh, and, and it, was it, so bad. it was like it was like let the eggplant soak for three hours and <laughs> yeah no I never <laughs> made of, like that. wanted to make it that make it that night for dinner. She's like ah sorry yeah I, I thought I
0: was just it was going to be this easy thing because it was this eggplant that was like all of what I can't even describe it. It was just so good. We uh, it, we ate it all. So, almost mm-hmm. mom froze a bunch of food, froze a bunch of food, and we ate it like that week. <laughs> it we just so, blew through it. Yeah, it was awesome. But it was this time, eggplant. Oh, what?
1: Oh, God. Okay. I was just going to say, I remember one time my, my mom f- had this moment in her life where she was like, she's like, I need to pass down all the recipes of our family uh-huh. to you, even though she would never force me to cook, you know, or yeah. like learn, be in the kitchen with her. She would rather I be doing my homework, which is fine. <laughs> and so she comes over, we go grocery shopping, we start the process and it took, it took the entire day. And I looked mm-hmm. at her and I was like, this is Ridiculous. How am I supposed to do this if I'm going to school, I'm going to work? I was in college at the time. You know, it was so... It made me feel really sad, actually, because it was... She was trying to teach me to make my favorite dish, which is called korma sabzi. But I have zero time. It would take me an entire week to prepare it with how much time I have currently on hand.
0: It's really hard. And I get bored, too. One time... I made um, croissants, homemade croissants, Mm, and it took all, I mean, it took probably six or eight hours because you have to, there's just so many steps. You have to make the dough, and then you have to let it chill, and then you have to do the first fold, and then you have to let it chill, and then you have to do it again, and let it chill, and then you do it again, and then then chill, and then roll it out, and form them, and let them rise. I mean, it took all day and yes it was worth it but i needless to say i have not made croissants again because (laughs) it just you have to and your back hurt i mean when you're standing up for that long cooking your back really intensive i remember the first time i made julia child's Bouffe bourguignon it took it it honestly took Hours. I mean, it just took hours because there's a lot of steps and there's a lot of ingredients. Right. And the more you practice it, the quicker you get at it. But you have to, she's just, she's so specific about the way that you have to do things. Like you have to brown the meat a certain way and you have to dry, like you have to dry each cube of meat thoroughly until before you can fry it. And that takes a lot of time to dry two pounds of cubed meat. <laughs> oh,
1: my goodness. But
0: there's a reason you do that because it, it makes the stew so much better is if you take the time to do it. But the first time I made it, it I mean, it just took all day long. I mean, it's super good, but it took forever. It's
1: so much work.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, that's – it's just so hard is that um, – that each family has their different food traditions and then you you know you cling on to those things so my mom uh, my mom would make a this this chicken and rice casserole or something you know something and that's a comfort food to me but in other families maybe their comfort food is I mean let me think I I I maybe it could be like Stouffer's macaroni and cheese because that's what their mom, that's what their mom would make for them. It just, it really depends on, or another comfort food I have is, um, is this potato soup that my grandma makes and it has Mm. all the sour cream, all Mm -hmm. the butter. (laughs) It has just all this stuff in it. And it is terrible for me. But when I'm, I mean, that's another thing when I'm sick that I crave is this, Potato soup. But mm. it just depends on your family
1: Yeah. What
0: what you crave and then you also want to pass that down because when you you know, you grow up and you watch your mom prepare food or maybe your dad and then that's how you learn how to be an adult.
1: Right. Absolutely. It's how you learn how to take care of yourself.
0: Yeah, but sometimes it it's hard though because if you grow up in a family where you're you know you' it's normal for your family to eat fast food every night that kind of creates a a, a negative legacy because of your health totally I mean because uh, years of fast food every day
1: it's really it's really hard and and i I feel for those uh, parents who kind of either have to do that or you know you know maybe don't know any better like so Mm -hmm. I mean we went to fast food joints a lot too because when we were kids me and my brother we were picky eaters and Mm -hmm. we loved the salt and we loved the fat and plus my mom had to run you know errands downtown she and my dad ran their business uh out of our house so when she could pick us up from school she has to go downtown she has to do all sorts of stuff she has to go to the bank she has to go here she has to go there we're starving little monsters (laughs) <laughs> you know, she has to feed us so that she can get her life running, so she can keep mm-hmm, us alive. Mm-hmm. So we stop by Burger King, stop by McDonald's, and yeah, that sort of kind of you know now that kind of makes me reminds me of those times when we were kids and you know doing running errands downtown. It's, uh, it makes me happy, but it's not it's not a healthy legacy.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? And you have to make those choices. And I think that's what's really hard is that when you're an adult, it's so easy to just follow the footsteps that were laid out for you as a kid, which, you know, depending on where your family, it could be different. But even, I mean, now, even as an adult, I look back on some of the meals that my mom would make, and they're not all, like, extremely healthy. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, as an adult, I don't think I would be able to eat the way that I ate as a kid because it was... We'd have bread every night. We'd have a potato, like a starch every night, like a rice, and, and that's just not how I eat now as an adult because, I mean, I, I know that my body doesn't like to eat that heavy of a meal um, at night. So even that, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't just necessarily mean fast food is the bad thing or the bad legacy or whatever. it could be It could be really anything but it's really hard to try to learn that it just goes back to realizing that we really no one has ever really taught us how to take care of our bodies with food or how to eat or what's good for us at what time of day because the different things are better for you at different times of the day right yeah absolutely
1: which um uh, but go ahead
0: no, you go home.
1: Okay, I was gonna say so like but like, yeah, speaking of parents and their legacies, it's rant time. And rant I want to time. want to rant about people who take their kids to expensive restaurants. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I get it. This is okay, this is how I feel. This is what I imagine is happening in every single four person family who's come at your feelings. A restaurant that's like three dollar signs.
0: And again, if you are a psychologist, please, <laughs> please analyze us because we get so upset over so many things. <laughs> please send us some anger management courses. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you know, you're sitting at a you're, you're sitting at a really nice restaurant with mm-hmm. other adults. Who want to eat at a really nice restaurant, and all of a sudden there's two really rowdy children over there. And this is the, instantly yes. the scenario that I'm seeing. I'm seeing that mom and dad are obviously super busy, overworked, have very little time to do anything, let alone leave the house. So when they have to leave the house and they want to do something nice for themselves, make themselves feel better, they want to go to a nice restaurant. But they have sure. to bring their two- and four-year-old in tow. Because... <laughs> You know, so basically, they're trying to have date night with the kids, Mm-mm. and I don't want any part of that.
0: <laughs> no, it makes it so hard for the other diners because these kids are not going to behave. You just know they're not. Yeah, and it's they're not, not going to behave. Right.
1: And we don't. No one expects your children to behave. So Mm-mm. take them to a place where they can misbehave. Yeah. You know, (laughs) that's what the freaking play place is for. Yeah, you know, you can have your romantic chicken McNugget, share your dips, share the fries like the lady and the tramp do with the spaghetti, Uh uh while the kids are tiring themselves out in the ball pit.
0: It's just really, really hard. And then the parents get embarrassed, and then they're trying to discipline their kid in the nice restaurant without making a scene. And the kid doesn't give a crap, and he's (laughs) making a scene. It's either that, or I've seen it where the parents, when families go out to eat, the parents will just hand their kid the iPad, and then they're just distracted. Which is another thing that kind of bugs me, too, because I feel like those are important memories that they're missing out on. Yeah. By just being sucked into the iPad. I mean, when I was a kid, we... Going out to eat was, like, a special activity because we didn't do it very much. And, um, you know, on Fridays we'd usually order in pizza or something, but going out to a restaurant was really special. My parents wanted it to be that way. They didn't want us to just get used to eating out all the time.
1: Right.
0: And so when we would go out to a restaurant, my brother and I would behave because we knew that we didn't get to do this very often (laughs) and that if we act up, then we're not going to get to do it again. And... (laughs) I mean, it worked, but it was really fun. And I was telling Alma earlier this week, there was this place called, um, (laughs) that we went to a lot, called Stuart Anderson's Black Angus. And it was, (laughs) they always... (laughs) My parents loved this place, and I did too. They had the best garlic bread. It was a steakhouse. But the thing was that they would always run these promotions or they would have coupons in the paper so it would be like two two for 30 or something and the meals were big enough that the four of us could share two of them which john gould loved this idea <laughs> <laughs> but you got like salad <laughs> it was like a prefix dinner so you got oh my God. salad and then we would order like a couple extra salads so everyone could have one and then you got soup or something and then you would get your I think everyone got to share an appetizer and you got your main (laughs) thing which was like a steak but they were big enough that you could share and then you got this chocolate this like molten chocolate lava cake oh lord and I just remember when they would run this special we would get to go to Stuart Anderson's Black (laughs) Angus And one time, what? Usually it was around like Valentine's Day, cause I remember we would go for Valentine's Day. Oh or, my gosh, it's too cute. Cause Valentine's Day in the Gould household is like a family holiday, and um, <laughs> or we would just. I don't know. It would always have to be, like, a special activity. But, oh, man, when they ran the coupon, we sure went. (laughs) (laughs) You can expect the Goulds to show up at Stuart Anderson's. (laughs) And you know what's funny is that – oh, this is the best part. Two years ago, um, we were up in Seattle for an event that I had to be at. Mm -hmm. And the town – we weren't in Seattle proper, but we were a little outside. And the town we were in had a black – angus and we went there oh my goodness <laughs> and so my dad was so excited because the one went out of business so we used to eat at So my parents are all excited, like, oh, yeah, Black Agus, we're so (laughs) good we go in. And John Gould, I mean, we would eat there regularly probably 15 years ago. So we go in, and John Gould goes, yeah, hey, you used to run these specials that was, like, two for (laughs) thing. And he's, like, asking if they still had it. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Did they? No, of course not. It, <laughs> was, it was like a whole different chain. I don't know. It was completely different. But, I mean, that stuck out in his mind, and our mind, that that was just something that we did. That's so... <laughs> I love that story. I think for the Bauman's, it was soup
1: plantation.
0: Oh, yeah. Do they have soup plantation in Portland? No, that's the same thing as sweet tomato. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God.
1: Yeah, so okay. So for people who don't know, soup is like um, it's an open soup and salad buffet type restaurant. I'm sure there's a mm-hmm. lot of variations of that kind of restaurant. For some reason, that was just like the thing. Like we, that was the restaurant that we would go to. I'm sure we've gone to other restaurants. Maybe not when we were small children, um, except for a Persian restaurant, which was a family reunion. You do not. It's a rule. You don't go to a Persian restaurant unless you have a minimum 20 Persians. It's, they oh don't God. even have to be related <laughs> to you. Like you have to have 20 Persians in the same party.
0: <laughs> and at least. But everyone's a cousin probably. Oh yeah. Everyone's cousins. The more,
1: I mean even if they don't know each other they're probably related uh (laughs) and maybe five percent of them have to be children so that's kind of the deal (laughs) that's how we roll (laughs) um but other than that we we didn't go out just the four of us very much except to go to soup plantation I remember this was like my early teens like 12 Mm -hmm. and on and that was just the best because like as much as we loved the chicken noodle soup and like just getting olives, cause you know we're kids. We didn't want salad. Yeah. We just get olives, <laughs> <And> baby
0: corn, <laughs> and, and baby corn. Yeah,
1: baby corn. Everything else except a salad. It was this, the frozen yogurt machine. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So you could you could pour your own frozen yogurt, and if you wanted to be a real fat ass, you could take you could forego the tiny little, you know, predetermined frozen yogurt bowl that they gave you. Oh, I know where this is going. Go grab the soup bowl. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The one with the handle, because you need a little extra support for how much you're going to put in there.
0: (laughs) Did the soup plantation also... Like, Sweet Tomatoes had the... Um, frozen yogurt machine but it also had like a little other kind of dessert area where there was like brownies and different things and Ooh. so what my brother and i would do is we would get the brownie and put it in the bottom and then do that ice <laughs> cream it's That's genius they didn't have that they had like the, the you know
1: they had like the fruit with the cottage cheese and like some pudding. oh yeah boring pudding yeah you no know one i was i was always looking at it like mm. you know pass <laughs> pass hard pass
0: That's so funny, because um, Sweet Tomatoes and Soup Plantation are the same company, and Sweet Tomatoes played a very important role in my adolescence as well, because one time...
1: (laughs) I love this story.
0: (laughs) One time, the Goulds needed to get their GMC Safari van windshield replaced, (laughs) and... (laughs) In the early 2000s, there was an advertisement running on the TV <laughs> f- and radio for Empire Glass. And I if I h- think hard enough, I could remember the the jingle. Oh my goodness. But the promotion that they ran was if you get your windshield replaced with Empire Glass, they will give your family a whole year. Oh. Full year of free meals at Sweet Tomatoes. (laughs) How can they even afford that? There was restrictions, like you could only go so many times per month, blah blah blah. Oh, okay. So, John Gould, this sounded alright to him. (laughs) So we got our our GMC Safari windshield replaced, (laughs) and John Gould gets in return this booklet of coupons of like vouchers for sweet tomatoes so every week after church guess where we went sweet Sweet tomatoes (laughs) or if if my brother had a soccer game and then like in the afternoon and then it was late oh we went to sweet tomatoes And, um, I don't remember the restrictions, but it was, like, it didn't include the drink, and so sometimes we'd get, we'd be allowed to order a drink, Mm -hmm. and, um, but it was just, I just remember that being such a family thing, and we were so sick of sweet tomatoes by (laughs) the end of this thing that I have not been back there since this is, like, i I could go back now because I'm remembering. And it was one of those things. It got to the point where, like, I was recognizing the people that worked there. Oh, I mean, no. like, this lady I know works at the pizza station. This lady is at the pasta. Like, it was <laughs> bad. I mean, it was bad. I knew where everything was. You know you're in deep when you know where everything <laughs> is at you're the gonna, buffet.
1: <laughs> you know when like, you're going to do the shift change and they'll yeah. bring out new soup.
0: Yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> We had it down. And we had the same, like, we liked a certain booth, and we would always sit there. <laughs> I guys mean, could we show like. show up after church, it says reserved. Like, you guys didn't even like, make a reservation. Yeah, the it just ghouls were here. The ghouls are here. <laughs> but I always loved it because it was a buffet. So my brother and I are just like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then we would just, they were this. I remember distinctly this one, they had these mini blueberry muffins. And this oh, one time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's one time we were watching this lady, and she just keeps going back and getting more blueberry muffins, and just keeps eating them. And eat she ate sixteen blueberry muffins. <gasps> <laughs> I don't know.
1: I don't know whether to be horrified or impressed. That
0: woman's my, my hero. mom. And I were laughing so hard. <laughs> I don't know what was so funny about it, but I remember laughing so hard about it. And this is the only buffet that Jan Gould would like eat at because it was really clean. For, like it just was. It was nice. <laughs> it was clean. Gotcha. I, I mean, buffet is
1: perfect. It was economical for John Gould. It was yes! clean for Jan Gould. We got our windshield <laughs> repaired. So here's my question: Did you need to have the windshield repaired?
0: Yes, we did. It was crack. I
1: just wanted to check. And how old were you when this was happening?
0: Oh, my gosh. I must have been 10. Oh, okay. Or maybe a little older.
1: I was imagining, I was like, oh, my gosh, if you were a teenager, like 16, you would be mortified.
0: I might have been. No, (laughs) I got to think about this. Uh, Maybe like 12 or 14. (laughs) Okay, now we're kind of... (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of getting into a wider age range here. (laughs) I don't really remember, but it was in that time area. That time early adolescence. (laughs) Yes, and buffets played a big role in my childhood because my grandma, Nana, loves herself a buffet. Mm. Loves it. She has a very different standard when it comes to buffets than Jan Gould does. Mm. And so there was this buffet in our town, and I don't think it's there anymore. It was called the Hometown Buffet. Uh, In, I'm
1: familiar with Home Down Buffet.
0: They had the senior special. And so when Nana would babysit... <laughs> oh, my God, the senior special. <laughs> when Nana would babysit all the cousins, and we were just little brats, mm-hmm. she would take, like, to get us to shut up, and we always were, like, picking at her carpet for some reason. I don't really understand. <laughs> to get us to, like, leave her poor carpets alone... <laughs> She took us to the hometown buffet. Oh my god. It was so nasty thinking back on it. I mean, at the time I thought it was awesome because I could mix all my pops and I could <laughs> sit. Yeah, everyone loved that. Like, there I'm was all control. this fried chicken. But I have this problem at buffets where I my eyes are always way bigger than my stomach and so I would mm. get all the food and Nana would get so mad at me. <laughs> You can't eat all of that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, I can just gosh. imagine your grandmother running around the hometown buffet with like seventeen kids. I know oh, it probably wasn't it, that many, but it I'm, was in bad, my especially. Mind,
0: that's what what, it is. Especially me and my cousin Michael, we were always trying to get into trouble. We were always <laughs> trying to get into trouble. And we would, <laughs> we would like, ah, do stuff. Like, Nana was just constantly yelling at the both of us. We were scheming <laughs> all the time. <laughs> oh, I love it. She would tell us in her car, like in, her, in Nana's car, we weren't allowed to roll down the windows for some reason. Mm-hmm. But we always did just to kind of upset her. <laughs> You rascals, you! <laughs> I know, but it's funny how we hold on to those memories—just yeah. like really dumb memories. They're- oh, I want to circle back. <laughs> I need to circle back to my McDonald's. Um, <laughs> oh yeah,
1: let's talk. Let's talk McDonald's.
0: <laughs> so Alma and I have <laughs> a very warm place for McDonald's in our heart. <laughs> we just. <laughs> makes us happy it does for so many reasons and we'll tell you them right now um egg mcmuffins okay really egg mcmuffins happy. are
1: the are beyond the family happiness memories egg mcmuffin is yes like young adult happiness memories. yes <laughs> so not only is is it delicious on its own i understand disgustingness you know, notwithstanding. (laughs) It's just freaking delicious. But it reminds me of like the first time I felt like a real adult. So let me tell you this story. (laughs) (laughs) My first full-time job was at a performing arts center, which was not far from my house. But still, Mm -hmm. because I was in my early 20s, I had trouble getting up and getting to places on time. So one thing I started doing was waking up early enough to go to the drive-through, get breakfast yeah, before girl. the morning shift. Yeah, and I got like, I would get like the combo, you know, like, oh, you get the yes. egg McMuffin, you get the hash brown, and you get the coffee. And then this was uh-huh. around the time when they first introduced the coffee, like the new, the McCafe, and they uh-huh, would ask uh-huh. you, how they would put the cream and sugar in it for you. Yep, yep. So I was like, oh, look at me. I'm in my drive-thru. I'm coming (laughs) to my breakfast. I'm going to my desk, you know. I I had my own little desk, my own computer, you know. It was so... This
0: is not that long ago, but
1: it's still...
0: (laughs) But it's it a was, poignant moment.
1: Yeah. It was the first time I felt like I was kind of starting to really function on my own. I was making my own money. Yeah.
0: Uh, getting you know, your egg McMuffin. Egg McMuffin. Start, I was feeding Starting myself. the day out right. <laughs> my favorite thing about the egg McMuffin is that you can always count on it. Like, you always know yes. it's going to be there. You yeah. just know. And we... McDonald's isn't like a childhood really a childhood memory for me because we didn't really go there that much. But we Mm. during ski season we would go to McDonald's every Saturday morning on the way up to the mountain, and we so that's what I associate egg McMuffins with. And then I didn't eat them for a long time. Because after we were done skiing, like, after the ski season was over, we wouldn't, like, eat them. But they're still, like, I love egg McMuffins. I just, and when Alma was here visiting, we <laughs> made it a point. I mean, and when we lived together. I mean, they're just everything. They're everything. <laughs> they're everything. Like, we, yeah, at any
1: moment, we try not to exploit it too much. But whenever we can, we make it a point to indulge in a delicious egg McMuffin.
0: Everybody loves an Egg McMuffin. There's no one, even Jan Gould likes an Egg McMuffin.
1: She's just a very smart woman, so. (laughs)
0: Um, But the one time I do remember us going to McDonald's a lot when I was a kid, and everybody, every child of the 90s will remember this. McDonald's, during a certain period of time, introduced the miniature Beanie Babies. Mm. (laughs) And... We all know that in the 90s, Beanie Babies were how we were all going to get rich. Yeah. That was our ticket. <laughs> it was like Enron, it was like sh- around the Enron disaster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When everyone had lost all their money in, in Enron stock. Oh my god. And so the Beanie Babies, that was the answer. That was it. But and you had to, like, keep their tag. I mean, we had we had a ton of full-size Beanie Babies. We still do. And we would get the special <laughs> tag protectors for their tags. Oh, my God. Tag oh, protectors. Yeah. Oh, we went hard. And there was, like, rare Beanie Babies. And my my grandpa had all of them. He had collected oh every gosh. single Beanie Baby and they would sit there st- I mean, I don't know what happened to, after they sold the house, but the, there was a room and it was just the beanie babies. Like they had built in <gasps> shelves and it was filled with all the beanie I mean, how do you oh dust my that?
1: Goodness.
0: But McDonald's comes out with, in their Happy Meals, miniature beanie babies. And somehow word got out that these <laughs> miniature beanie babies were just pure gold. <laughs> this was the ticket. this was the ticket to wealth. So, (laughs) we went to McDonald's so much. Wow. And it was one of the only times I remember us having McDonald's for dinner because Jan Gould we was was so adamant about letting us not have McDonald's for dinner. Right. But during the time during the era of the miniature beanie babies, we had McDonald's <laughs> at all times of day and everybody ordered a happy meal. Everybody. So John Gould would get like two happy meals. Jan would get a Happy Meal. Oh, my God. So you
1: would get, like, five to six Beanie Babies every time between all all of you? And
0: Alma, sometimes we would order the Happy Meal and, like, take it home and, like, put the burgers in the fridge for later just to order more Happy Meals. Oh, my God. Just so that we could get the more Beanie Babies. So, a vid- I mean, these accumulated, okay? Oh my goodness. We yeah. still have sacks, a plural oh of goodness. miniature Beanie Babies You're somewhere joking. in the house. <laughs> no, I'm not. They I, I remember. Us. My mom would keep <laughs> They were she would like put them in these gallon-sized Ziploc bags. Oh my god. And keep them like in her dre- one of her dresser drawers, like in her pajama drawer, I think is So, where like, she would they wouldn't be them. hit
1: by the light and get Yes, it, that's
0: exactly saying? the reason. <laughs> <laughs> to keep them like in a cool, dark place so that they did not get tarnished. Oh my god. <laughs>
1: Please have Jan take a picture and send it to us so we can. Post oh, it I'm with gonna this call
0: her as soon as we're off of this, and I'm gonna ask her exactly where are the miniature beanie. I'm gonna Need tell to her, know. Mom. All I I just heard that all those miniature Beanie Babies they're finally worth something. <laughs> Get them out. <laughs> uh, Get them out. Oh, it's time to hit up eBay. Let's go. Let's cash them in.
1: <laughs> Gosh, I mean, but. That's kind of my McDonald's story. That's hilarious. We would go to McDonald's a lot too for the play place when we yeah, were little kids. Uh-huh. We loved, I mean, we would you know, go to, to Burger King that for that one. Oh, yeah. Once, well, yeah. Once we discovered Burger King also has them, it was kind of like, oh, well, now where do we go? Oh, it was yeah. like, that was like the. N- <laughs> Sophie's Choice when we were kids. Like. <laughs> Which play place? Oh, this
0: play, play. I remember are... us having conversations. We're like, this play place has this, but this play place has that. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, and for some reason, my mom always thought that the Burger King one was, like, a little cleaner than the McDonald's <laughs> one for some reason. But then our Burger King built, like, a straight-up super play in... Oh. It was... They because it used to just be this like lame thing, and then they tore it all down. they like re- they totally ro- and they installed the coolest play place of oh. any thing. It was like a super play. I mean, it had all the slides, all of the ropes, course. I mean, it just it was so cool. It was the coolest That's and awesome. everybody had their birthday
1: party there. Oh of course, right. I'm still so jealous of those really awesome, because now they're super high-tech. I just want to yeah. go play in there. I want to go down
0: the slide. Yeah. But now I know about germs and stuff, and I don't really want that. I don't care. Sometimes Give me I'll all still, the germs. Sometimes I'll, I'll still go to Burger King and order a cheeseburger ketchup only just for the nostalgia. Oh, ketchup only. Yeah, because that's how I ordered it as a kid. Or plain. Oh, I actually love it, just plain. So good. So nasty, but so good. It is.
1: I mean, but that's what makes it so good, is the nastiness.
0: But as you can see, food plays so many roles in our lives. I mean, we've been talking now for an hour and a half about just a few of the of the roles that food plays in our lives because it's just so important. I mean, we attach memories to it. There's little, you know, there's big life experiences attached to it. There's things that help you just I don't know, make who you are.
1: Yeah, it helps you cope. It, it mm-hmm. you know, it's how you you Develop with your family. It's it's super important.
0: It is very important. And um, that's why we wanted to talk about it with you today. Yeah. So, so if you
1: have your food memories, we want to hear from you. Yeah. So send us your food memories. Dear food at DearFood.net. Tell us your favorite dish and why.
0: And again, the psychologist, feel free to chime in any uh, time yeah. you we, want to. We need some um. just... <laughs> Don't forget to look for us on Twitter at Dear Food Girls and on Facebook. Subscribe to our podcast in iTunes and SoundCloud. And don't forget to rate and review.
1: Our theme music is Three Keys and 82 Strings by Steve Combs.
0: Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Did you push your button? I pushed the button. Okay, me too. All right.